Hello, this is Daryl here, sending love as always. Thank you for tuning in. I just want to say, if you like this interview, you can check our website for companion workbooks, action guides, tools, checklists, templates, and show notes with links for everything mentioned on the call. Just visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. That's best, B-E-S-T, businesscoach.ca. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Man, I am good. I am super stoked for this interview, my friend. Um, cool. Today's a good day. How are things in, How are things on the West Coast? They're doing very well. Um, I'm. Uh, if you hear the noise out the back and it starts to get too noisy, you just let me know. Yeah, okay. No, I think we'll be okay. We'll get my audio people to, to do some work or whatever. And, and the recording we get is better than the one that we don't get, so really. Yeah, no, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, my schedule just started freeing up because we just finished the Halbertology program. So, but you know, so I've been doing like I've been doing on-camera webinars like two, no, th- like three to five a week for the last like six weeks. That's a lot, but it sounds like it was a huge success. I mean, it, it was freaking amazing. <laughs> really, really. I've, ne- I've honest, I honestly, you know, here's the thing. I always can find the really – I can oversell anything easily and then back – you know, what I do in marketing is you you say the very best thing that you possibly can say about something. So I say the, the dream copy, right? Right. And then I back it down to where I can definitely look somebody in the face and stand by what I said. But it is usually the ultimate. I cannot – if you gave me a half a page, I couldn't explain exactly how great – I couldn't even oversell how great the program was. It is – the best way I've put it, found to put it so far is if I, if there was, if I kid, if I was going to die and I can only leave my kids one program, Halbertology would be it. Really, eh? Yeah, I mean, well, inside you, there's a lot of Gary Halbert material. There's a lot of my material and my brother's material, but we really designed a program where we could start tapping into the brains of people we really wanted to learn from and ask them the questions. And they came in, and it was all no pitch, and it was. Okay, hey, how do you do this? And what's the best, you know, font sizes? And what's your tempo? And you know, where, where, you know, how do you spy on your competition? Everything. So let me ask a quick question. Just, uh, I mean, we haven't started the interview yet or anything, but just out of personal curiosity, what do you think were some of the key things that helped make it be so amazing? Well, first, it gives you a nice um, view of all the different possibilities through all the different channels. So we had PPC experts, social media experts, you know, and like one guy was just a LinkedIn expert and the other one's a YouTube expert and so forth like that. And I think that the fact that we cover the basics, but we do that very quick and then we're actually asking them and getting them, we're digging out of them what's working right now and what are the, what's the tactics. So they're sharing with stuff that you know they're you know they're making other people join their twenty five thousand dollar groups to to, right, to explain learn. 
and all that. So, I mean, that's the problem with it is trying to explain how great it is because, you know, very little of the copy was I expecting to learn something new. But I did end up taking a few notes on everybody and in some cases took a lot of notes, um, you know, based on what some of the copywriters said. But it was just... um, you know, I mean, what what you would do, have to do now is if you take the program, and we're going to probably raise the price of it and put it in the can and then maybe add an, a, a part-time live element to it. What you would do is you would pick on I – would, I would suggest everybody follows the 10,000-foot strategy stuff. So there's – you know, John Rowley was really good at explaining the mindset of how to run a business, grow a business, outsource, and do all that without driving yourself insane. And then there are full-on content strategy pictures that were given by a few of them. And you would want to start with that and then pick one channel, implement it, put it into action, and then dis- decide what else, what you want to add to it, one, one facet of marketing at a time. And it's kind of what you do with real mar- regular offline marketing. So, for example, you run a direct mail piece to some lists. And lists, of course, are the most specific and hardcore buyers. These are people proven to be interested in something. And then if that's really, really successful and you have a broad appeal, um, then you test that in newspapers and magazines. And you, you expand out the different channels you market your program or product or services to until it's no longer profitable. And that's kind of what you would do here. So if you were... You know, you'd first try and st- stick with the thing that's the most appropriate, and that most appropriate is almost always where your uh, the majority of your audience and traffic are going to. Like I had a guy that I was talking to not too long ago, and he was selling a product, and it was about basketball, like how to jump and stuff higher and stuff like that. And his market, um, I was explaining things to him. He didn't understand about his market because I could really, you know, my skill set is really being able to set foot into the mind of the prospect and knowing what makes them tick and what makes them excited and buy. And I told him, I said, you know, look, you know, you're doing, he said, I'm doing a Google campaign now, um, Google PPC. So when people type in like how to dunk or how to jump high or whatever that he will, you know, he'll pay to be higher up on the results there. And I tried to explain to him, I said, you know, your market are teenagers, right? And he agreed. And I said, you know, you should take that same effort but put it in YouTube because that's where they are. You, mm. The teenagers are on YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. That's where they're searching how to jump and how to dunk. Um, you know, it's it's you just got to understand things like that. You know, who's doing what? You know, middle-aged people are now taking over Facebook. Kids, kids don't even want to be on that old crappy thing. <laughs> right, 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 right. No, that makes perfect sense. And especially when you said that, it just clicked right away. I know a few people. I have a client, and he's been looking for a new channel um, just because he's in a third world country. And, um, you know, he's doing great. He's netting 20 grand a month American. But, I mean, he's really got to squeeze because in the sense of, you know, we think about low price points. You know, he's dealing with things that are like $15, $20, right? But so for him, pay-per-click is really expensive on Facebook and stuff, and he's just had to struggle yeah. with that. But as soon as you said that, I realized three of his competitors and where they're they're at and exactly anyways it was just it just clicked when you said that because you're you're very right on that i mean you can you can expand into a bunch of other channels and you should but there's always an 80 20 right so um, yeah and you start off where the majority of the audience is already at and you know a lot of people you know talked about my dad saying oh you can sell ice to eskimos and it's like if you've been if you're saying that you obviously haven't been paying attention you know great mark it's already hard enough to sell people what they want already 
um, you know, it's even harder to convince them that they want or need something they haven't thought about. And so, you know, you don't reinvent it. Gary Halbert would never try and sell ice to Eskimos. He'd sell them heaters. And, um, and you know, the, if, you know, you're fighting to get a piece of a much smaller pie when you're going to Facebook with something that goes to young people or and so forth and you know the key to doing like what you're talking about with Facebook is you have to expand the lifetime value of your clients so that if you don't make money on that front end piece you're at least just barely covering this should stop in a second you should just you should just start being able to Right, yeah. just break even on the front end or only lose a little exactly. bit of money. And then it's you want to know what your ROI is over kind of the first 30 days to six months that they're on oh. your list. And actually, you want to go even further than that. You just want to keep going and, and you know, it's always, always easier. I did a, a formula one time and I put it into a, a spreadsheet to demonstrate it. And it was like, okay, here's, you know, you get percentages that come in that, you know, when you run your ad. And then you have your percentages that convert and you drop off the percentages of people who buy your upsell and the percentages of people who do this and that. And always, almost always, the biggest boost in your income will come from adding another product to your lineup. Oh, I mean, yeah. it'll be there before you can, you know what I mean? So, yes, you can make a lot more money by tweaking that at that cart. You can make a lot more money by, um, you know, you know. but there are, there are points, pressure points or leverage, it's better to say leverage points, where small adjustments make much larger gains. Right. So, like in the last place you should be worried about things is the middle of your copy, unless a heat map or something is telling you that nobody that this is where you're dropping people. But the you know you have a, uh, in your market the two leverage points are your hook or your headline and your offer. If outside of that copy your leverage points your you know are mo- you know your best ones are back end products. It's right. not you know that's where you make. Big, big changes. And the other thing is, you're, the reason you're making them is you no longer have to acquire, you pay to acquire that name. Right, right. Because then you've got them and you can, it's free, especially, well, not quite free, but it's just way cheaper to resell someone who's already bought. So, yeah, I, get, I totally get that. I mean, if you can just create more product and sell to the same people, then essentially your marketing costs are infinitesimal. Like, they're just so small because it's, yeah. just, the, it's just the cost of being like, hey, are you interested in this? And especially yep. if you start getting into RFM analysis. Then you really like you're really marketing with a sniper rifle versus a shotgun or even a pistol, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. and and you know it's just a, it's you know you're probably already playing for get response and you're probably already, you know covering you know the majority of those costs when it comes to reaching out to them unless you're in direct mail, um, the the majority of time reaching out to your clients doesn't cost you any extra money to your monthly nut. It is, um, you know, because you're already paying for that to capture the lead. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. I want to get the intro done that week. I'm, I already hit record, so I'm like, I'm like, thank God, thank God, <laughs> thank God, I did that because that was good. That was great. Um, yeah. No, man, I'm just super pleased to have you here. I've been a longtime fan. Got good, and my got good fast. I owe a lot of that to Gary. Um, I really do like the the letter being free on the internet, uh, the boron letters, the um, his seminar tapes that I was able to torrent because I was broke at the time, you know, like things like that. Don't worry, I've bought, I've still bought, I've bought, I've bought, I lost the bo- the bond letter book. I bought that book three times. I've left it. I've I should have included this in my intro, but I've left well, whatever we'll edit. But I've left that book like on three different continents and just bought another one because I've been like, oh oh well, like I just got to get it again. Like I've just it's the 
I, and I already have the digital version. Like I love the Bond letters. That that book is awesome. So I owe a lot to. It's my my favorite book of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding, no kidding. So all right, all right. Let's do a couple seconds of silence. I'll go into the bio and then I'll just say thank you for joining us, and then we'll go and we'll edit all that stuff we just went through in somewhere. So okay, cool. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host, as always. And if you've been following me for a while, you've definitely heard the name of the late, great marketing legend Gary Halbert mentioned again and again and again and again. Gary was considered by many as the greatest copywriter and marketing mind that has ever graced this earth. And today we are joined by his son, Bond Halbert. Bond, through his father, got one of the most in-depth marketing educations in history. He passed all his knowledge on to Bond like any father would to their son, who they want to carry on the legacy and prove this stuff is in the family genes. Bond has had massive success in his own right, selling millions of dollars of info products and guiding many businesses to success. His wisdom is sought out by some of the top marketers on the planet, as well as the numerous small businesses he has helped over the years. This is Bond, not James Bond, but the same son who was stuffing, stamping, and sealing direct mail envelopes when he was only two years old. The same son who trained copywriting and advertising starting at the ripe old age of 10. The same son who played guinea pig for all the lessons Gary taught his protégés or used in his timeless newsletters. Gary taught Bond everything he knew about business. He went to mastermind meetings and seminars like other kids went to baseball games. Gary took Bond to all kinds of high-level meetings, and trust me, he was the only kid in the room. One time, he even took Bond out of school to go to a brainstorming session with Jay Abraham and a few other buddies. And even when Gary went to Boron, Gary mailed Bond letters with marketing and life lessons. Those letters were eventually put into a now-famous book titled The Boron Letters. This book is honestly one of my top, top, top marketing books of all time. If you don't have it, get it. I was just telling Bond before we hit record that um, I've lost that book three times, and I just keep rebuying it. I have digital version. I just, it's... Yeah, I just, it's very dear to me. So it is such an honor, and I'm very excited to introduce you to him today. Bond, thank you for joining us. I am so grateful for your time. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I, you, you seem to know my history is almost as better, better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the beautiful. That's the beauty of technology and of information marketing and just marketing in general. It's a really good way to share your story with the world and through your own story and your own experiences, just affect thousands and hundreds of thousands of lives, as is the case with yourself and your father. So, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, um, can you maybe get? I mean, I just kind of gave a whole lot of your background story, but for yourself, you probably like you were encouraged into it as a kid, but. When did you first have your own business venture? Like, did you have a lemonade stand, or like, how did you, <laughs> like, when when were you trying to like, you know, grow your own wings and and do your own your own flying tricks? Well, I was always kind of interested. I was I paid very close attention to what my father was doing, and that's the reason he started training me early because I told him I was really, you know, I was lucky and fortunate enough um, to see him, you know, have to make money because my dad had an up and down kind of ride. And because of that, I was interested. And so he started doing all those things to train me at an early age. And I basically, I didn't, I was, you know, I remember when I was a kid, I didn't have a lemonade stand. Actually, we, my brother and I, we opened up a little casino. (laughs) (laughs) 
because we knew there was more money in a casino. Um, but what we did later was I started, I actually, you know, worked in the family business for a very long time. And then it came time I decided to go to college, uh, much to my father's chagrin. And I went and got a degree in international business administration, which was a marketing degree and a minor in economics. And the then out of school, I start actually because I just continued and moved up from my part-time job into a full-time position at the Giorgio Armani Corporation. I was working at one of their boutiques here in Beverly Hills, and I was working, uh, you know, doing the nine-to-five thing. And eventually, you know, realized and I, you know, I started getting stressed out and over-concerned about the things that were going on in the company. And you know, I just didn't understand. You know, I I had always kind of understood the value of, you know, what different participants in business did. And since from my father's, you know, education he gave me, I knew that what really mattered in businesses, but school gave me that, you know, I, school allowed me to understand the thinking of middle managers and presidents and people who work in the corporate world. And eventually I was like, this just is not for me. And I, I quit. I mean, there was, I mean, I couldn't, to tell you the truth, I kind of had to leave because I was just too, it just wasn't built in me. And then from that point, I started working with my father and he said, well, you know, hey, why don't we do this, this and that? And I said, well, you know, let's try this. And he, we started working together. And together, I developed a an info product, and he, uh, helped, you know, helped figure out how to market it, which didn't take him very long at all. <laughs> and once he saw that what we were doing was working, he he said, "Let's go blow this puppy up," and we did. And then I built that company up and ran it. And we, we actually that company itself made more money for my father than any other venture he had ever done. What? Yeah, we're and rich. a lot of people. Now, this is actually probably one of the first times I've told people publicly yeah that you know uh it was a finance it was um it was a financial product on uh uh doing stuff but the but the that, that the important part of the that was um and then later on i wanted to just start doing stuff on my own and i broke away from doing working with my father now we still had this very close relationship you know we spoke a couple of times every single day and then I went and started working on my with my brother, and we started help designing financial campaigns for other people. And we we helped design some of the most successful campaigns that were out there and make, making good money. And at that point, I was actually making more money than my father. And um, well, you know, I don't really. I for a long time I didn't share that with people because I didn't want anybody to think that I was trying to usurp him or say that he was that was better because. Everything and my dad was, would be quick to point this out. Any success I have is, you know, gets attributed to him anyway. Right. And it really is true. You know, we had this deal when I was early on, and he said, you know, look, he was a much better father to me than his father was to him. And that's just a generational thing. I'm not knocking my grandfather. Um, and then I said, and my my job is to take what you teach me and become a better father than you, and then you know, so forth. And so I do try and. Uh, Take all the things that were great about my dad's, uh, my relationship with my father, and not just imitate it or mimic it, but to you know add to that with my own kids. And so they, you know, they get the born letter lessons, but they also get updated stuff and even more philosophy. And I even you know write letters to my own children. But then, um, uh, so then after that, I was cruising along doing that, and then my father had passed away. And that was a big, big hole in my life and started to kind of send me into sort of a depression. 
And unfortunately, I had enough uh, resources and money to not do anything for like a year or two. Um, (laughs) And that, that, you know, know, because a lot of great marketing comes from necessity. And, you know, nothing motivates you like having children that need to eat. Right. And nothing feels like success because it's so funny that you mentioned that because that's almost that's, that is a real danger. I've I've been through that and I know other people that have done that. They have success. They make a whack load of money. And then it's like, why? Like what? Like why? Why work? Right. When you have other pressing things and you have to it's it really does kind of showcase how the mental game plays such a big part into business and I've often said and I don't know how you feel about this but I always feel that business in a lot of ways is very Shakespearean where people's businesses and them themselves as, as entrepreneurs they fail in spite of like in spite of their worst flaws right if they don't try yeah. to develop very Shakespearean that way because that's how all Shakespeare's characters right they all they all fell to their own demise so mm-hmm. um, anyway, sorry. well well, that's okay. Well, um, what I did then was, you know, the, and I still didn't end up having to go back because I just started coming out of the fog. What happened was one day I was I was sitting there thinking, you know, okay, I'm kind of over the depression of losing my father, but something was missing in my life. And I realized it was I didn't get a chance to talk about marketing and, you know, because my brain is works like my father's in which I get bored really fast. Now, I never stay bored because I've always got some kind of thing that I want to go and check out and investigate. I'm very curious by nature and I've always lived a more adventurous life than most of my friends and family. And, you know, I mean, I was born with the name Bond. It kind of just instilled with me to think outside the box, That's you know. Right. And, I, and I was born with the name Bond before people were giving their kids unique names. Yeah, right. <laughs> So what I did then was um, I decided that one of the things I have to do is help secure my father's legacy and who he was and kind of let the, you know, make sure the world knows not to forget what Gary Halbert brought to this industry and show a lot, a massive amount of respect for that and so forth. And so I went about doing that and I've, you know, recently said, okay, I've done that to the point. And then I always said, you know, being a Halbert gets you, you get your foot in the, or then having the name Halbert gets your foot in the door, but being a Halbert gets you invited back. And I realized, you know, and so the, at that point, you know, you, you know, because it's, you know, normally you'd say, okay, this is just somebody who's inherited his, his father's, you know, materials right. or websites or something like that. But if you ask anybody who spent any time with me, they're like, oh, darn, he really knows what all this stuff right. and has this, this, this intricate, you know, I had this understanding that was on a deeper level than all of my father's protégés, and they're all good. My dad, my dad's protégés are now the best copywriters in the world. But I can, you know, I can much more easily adapt his principles and everything because I'd heard these stories first, and so often that I internalized why everything worked. You know, I understood that. You know, look, the key component of a free recorded message revealing something was not that just you're going to get something and capture their name, but it was the anonymity of that and the safety of it. I understood. You know, my ability to go into the mind of your customer, your prospect, and understand what makes them tick or what they care about was a you know was a lot higher than most people in the you know most of the marketing other marketing experts, and so. I then started um, on this in the back shadows because I really didn't, you know, um, I didn't want to show too much of what I was doing because one, I didn't want to look like I was trying to stomp all over my father's legacy. But two, I also, you know, I don't want to sidetrack the story. I was actually, um, I was, you know, I grew up understanding 
what the what you know success can actually attract. I was in home when my father, uh, actually my whole family went through a home invasion robbery as a kid because my father was bragging about his success. So when I started making money, I didn't, you know, I wasn't about to go out and buy a Porsche and start showing off everybody and say, look, here's right. what I got and stuff like that. Yeah, and well, despite that, I was actually targeted to be kidnapped and killed by the Russian mafia. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, it actually happened. I got this call from a detective. What? Sorry, just, this is so, how old were you? What? Oh, at this time, no, no, this is after my success. So I'm like 30 years old at this point. And uh, what happened was I got a call from a detective and he said he was working with the FBI and he said, you know, hey, are you Bon Halbert of that works at, you know, I mean, that has bank accounts at such and such bank. And I said, yes. And they said, well, you know, we found uh, this this group of people and I had read the stories about them because they'd just been recently busted. These guys were kidnapping people, holding them for ransom. And when their families would deliver the ransom, then they would just kill the victim and throw them and dump their bodies in a lake. And they said, with these, you know, we just raided their cabin and we found your info. And I was like, I was like, are you kidding me? And they're like, no. And they, and the, the scary part was after reading the stories in the press, I had realized that, you know, um, at that time, um, you know, my money wasn't tied up in investments like it is now. Right. And so they said, uh, you know, I mean, I noticed that you know, they could have gotten more money out of me than they were getting out of them. And so I don't know, you know, what, you know, it was just divine intervention or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that kind of hit me and I was like, you know, I'm just not one. I, you know, I just even further decided that, you know, I'm never going to be that guy out there. Yep. So while all these marketers are out there, you know, faking it till they make it, <laughs> yep. 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 I'm out there hiding it. <laughs> yep. 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 And um, but like I said, you know, I mean, I so I didn't, you know, so I took a lot of time. And what I would do is, you know, people, you know, my experience was people would, you know, invite me to masterminds or conferences and stuff like that. And the reason I would go and help a lot of people is it was just good for me to start. You know, it was kind of it's kind of like um, I don't know having a talent that you know you got to use because you know it's one of the things you like. It's one of the things you like to do. Right. So in the you know in the last seven years or so, I've been helping a lot of copywriters who are already well paid professional copywriters, you know, show them stuff that my father was doing naturally, and show them how to do that and inject those things into their copy and take them to a different. I hate to say that it sounds so cliche, but take them to a different level and show them how to um, improve what they're doing. So I like to take the people who have already been through really good marketing courses and maybe had a mentor for a little while and stuff like that. And I also did it with businesses too. I saved some businesses um, and helped you know, help pump them up and do things like that. And I just, um, you know, and, and so I, you know, I'm now at the point where I'm going to start you know, probably putting my shingle out there a little more, as they say. And, but, you know, I mean, the, my reputation as of the process of solidifying my father's legacy and in, in so doing and getting, you know, having the people who would get near me started to understand that I really did have a lot of the Halbert magic. You know, I'll never be the copywriter my father was because my focus has always been the big idea and hooks and solutions. You know, I say good marketing is always in uh, really creative hooks, offers, and solutions. And I've been, you know, fortunate enough, you know, because of, and it's not like, I don't want to say, it, you know, I came out of, out of the womb talking and, you know, and doing things like that. 
or and being a master persuader, it was, you know, this has been 30 plus years. You know, imagine growing up next to Gary Halbert all the time and, you know, everybody coming in and saying, hey, Gary, how would you market this? And I'm sitting in the background trying to guess, okay, Gary's going to say this and that. And right. eventually I became the best in the world at knowing what Gary would would do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, and that, you know, just from the 10,000 hour principle alone, because exactly what you're talking about, the immersion that you had, um, no, it's just, it's just, it, it, it's, it's one of those things. I'm fortunate. I have a, I have a martial arts background. I was fortunate enough to train with a lot of world champions, Olympic athletes. And the one thing, the one thing that I always noticed is that when you, a lot of these people, when you hear of their success in that, you always, when you find out, like, and you see all the hard work that goes into it, you're like, oh, of course they're that good. Look at all the things that they've done. Of course they're that good. Look at the people they're surrounded with. Of course they're that good. Look at the hours and look at the dedication. So when you mention this stuff, of course you've come into your own and of course you've got your own legacy you're leaving because you've just got so many hours in your network. Your whole life is built around it. And in fact, just for you, like you're getting hours and experience and just picking up tips and tidbits around the dinner table while you're eating, let alone, right? Like let alone at your nine to five job thing so um no i got it i get it even further more places i mean i the one thing that i noticed about my father that it was true of me which i don't see as much in the industry is you'll you'll see people who they only listen to somebody who's got this name you know or this reputation right and often those people and those with the name and reputation if you go and read the gary halbert letter you're like oh this is where they got that (laughs) right right but my father and I would pick it up anywhere. You know, I mean, we, you know, it didn't, you know, you could have 10, you could express 10 ideas to us and one of them only be good. Me and my father would go, oh, yeah, that's a great one, you know, <laughs> and uh, that really makes sense and that would work. Oh, no, that wouldn't work or, you know, that's overhyped or whatever it was. But it wasn't just from other marketers. It was from every aspect of life. You know, we were talking about it uh, yesterday. I was talking with one of my father's best protégés that, um, you know, he was always going to movies and books. And, but you would find that the things that he had read about and experienced or did stuff in real life all the time uh, was, would make it into his marketing. You know, because to be, to be really entertaining and to be a fascinating person isn't about writing really well. It's about having something interesting to say. And if you want interesting things to say, you want to be an interesting person. And so, you know, I mean, I have a lot of, you know, people say, you know, there's a lot, if you knew Gary Halbert, you have a Gary Halbert story. Most of the time, if you grew up with me, you also have a lot of Bon Halbert stories. <laughs> Not all of them good. Um, <laughs> that's know. all right, as long as they're talking about you, right? That's well, I mean, you know, but I mean, it was also interactive. Like, you know, I, I you know, my father was, you know, sent to Boron Federal Prison, and I did, you know, I mean, I always thought it was funny. I said, you know, it's a really strange father-son dynamic when you can turn to your sick kid and ask him to smuggle something into prison for you. And he says yes without batting an eye. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, so the thing is, I've, you know, uh, uh, I would say until I, you know, I got married, I led a really fascinating life uh, or much more, you know, I had all these wild stories. But even after that, you know, I'm always, like I said, I get bored very easily. And, you know, if you find a marketer that's really can say interesting is talented stuff and they don't have a fascinating, interesting life, they're probably absorbing the fascinating and interesting things through movies and books and, you know, even TV or whatever they read. But the thing, what I'm saying is, you know, we would, you know, we have, we'd hear a news story and it gets filed away into this, and part of our brain that says this might be useful later. 
Um, you know, and I mean, I could hear a piece of copy on a radio ad, an infomercial, or a t- television show. Um, I was watching a rerun of Breaking Bad the other day, and I heard this, you know, I was watching this one segment, and I was like, oh, that's really good, you know, and I could use this. I gave this one speech one time at um, uh, John Carlton's boot camp, or uh, not boot camp, uh, John Carlton's action seminar. And I started it with, like, I said, you know, I'm going to give you shakabuku. That's the sudden spiritual kick to the head that alters your reality forever. And I, and I credit it. I got that from uh, one of my favorite movies, Gross Point Blank. And, you know, so the thing that I'm saying is we, we pick it up everywhere, everywhere. You know, it's not just, oh, in this course I learned this or in this book I read that and this manual and these copywriting experts told me this and that. We pick up stuff that we can use in marketing everywhere. And persuasion, you know, that's one of those things, you know, you really learn how to persuade from your parents, you know. So if your mom goes into a store and to get what she wants, she, you know, cries or screams or um, whatever, you usually pick up those habits. I learned how to persuade and I learned how to work a room and talk to people and be who I am from my father who had a massive toolbox of tricks. <laughs> yes. He had a massive bag of tricks for which he could pull out and say, okay, in, 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 in always, and it always, and by the way, there's a tip for marketing. It always starts with looking them in the eye and, and knowing, okay, this is what you really care about. And so I'm going to tempt and tease you with that and give you what you want in exchange for what I want. So can we dive into that a little bit? Because one of the things, one of my favorite letters of all time is from the Boron letters. Um, he's talking about lists and list selection and how that's such an important part of it. And if you have a promotion that's dying and you want to give it life, one of the best and easiest, fastest ways to do that is to try a new, a new list. So what you just said is really critical. I just did an interview as well. Another guest of ours, Ben Simpkin, he's helped his clients generate over $900 million. And he had said, you know, like Abraham Lincoln, forgive me, I'm not sure if it was six or seven hours, but I think he was like, if I had six hours to cut down a tree, I'd spend five of them sharpening my axe. And he said, you know, if I had six hours to plan a marketing campaign, I would spend five of them studying my prospect. So what Mm -hmm. you just said about being able to look someone in the eyes and know what they really care about, can you speak to that a little bit? Like, how how does someone get to know what their prospects are thinking? Um, Well, there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, Do you want to, first, do you want to talk about why it's important or do you want me to? Well, no, I think, I mean... I'll give, you, I'll give you a quick example, okay. a real quick example of why it's important, and then I'll tell you, explain a sort of how to do it. Okay, because, you know, explaining how to do it, I mean, I could give you, you know, for we could be on this for four hours. Um, they, a, lot of, a lot of marketers use this example for USP, but I use it for the research part and understanding how people tick. When Domino's came out with their We'll Deliver Your Pizza in 30 Minutes or Less campaign, what they did was they – they tapped into understanding that everybody who was ordering pizza was really sick and tired of not being able to know when it would come because pizza parlors were run in such a way that if they ordered it, um, it could come an hour later or 15 minutes and you couldn't plan a lunch break. You might, you know, it might come so late that you were starving and went and ate somewhere else. And so if you were planning a lunch party or dinner party or something like that and it arrived and you said, okay, I'm going to give it an hour to show up this time and it arrived in 15 minutes, it was cold by the time anybody got a chance to eat type of thing. So a lot of people didn't, uh, you know, so Domino's did a really good job and the reason that campaign was so good and the reason they came up with that great USP 
was they clearly understood through research that these pizza lovers were absolutely, um, you know, the, the key, key choice between which pizza parlor was who was going to deliver it had a reliable delivery time. And that's what made that work. You could have rewritten that that offer three different, you know, twenty different ways. You could have said, "Hey, we'll deliver it in half an hour. It's on us." You could have said, "It's under thirty minutes or it's free." You could say, "We'll get you. We'll get it to you there within um, thirty minutes, or you won't have to pay us a dime." It did, wouldn't make a difference how you worded that message. Right. It was that offer that really made it great, and that offer came from understanding the the. Um, the the market, and that if let's suppose that they were in a market where everybody was delivering it exactly about a half an hour, then you know you know taste would have been a much more important factor. <laughs> right, right, of course. Yeah, they didn't and, say it would be good. They just said it would be there and hot. <laughs> exactly. And so, what you want to do is you really want to understand what makes them tick. And uh, there are some principal stuff I'll tell you about, and then I'll give you some straight up tactics. Um, the principal stuff that you want to do is you need to get over yourself and you need to understand – well, one is you need to understand that you are much like your prospects. So if you go through the funnel and you say, OK, I'm a pizza guy now and so every, you know, every day we're going to order a pizza for the family. And that's why you see like madmen and marketers and when I was young, my father would do this too. He would come home from someplace he was meeting with people and if they were selling kids' toys – he would say, here, Bond, here's a banana board skateboard, one of the first skateboards ever. You know, Try it out. And he'd watch and see and then ask our feedback and stuff like that. And if it was something for himself, he would, he would go through the process. But the idea is this. If you're thinking it or you're feeling it or you're experiencing it, so are all these other people. You are not alone. Okay, you're not so unique that, you know, when you get irritated that the pizza didn't come on time, that they're not getting irritated that the pizza didn't come on time. So it comes in being absolutely true and understanding of yourself. There's the best marketers in the world have a raw honesty about their emotions and their feelings. One of the examples I like to use for that is a Rolex watch. You know, the truth is nobody needs a Rolex watch. And I have two of them myself. <laughs> I love them. But the but the point is um, the the person who's buying the Rolex watch is not buying it for a timepiece, especially since a quartz watch is more accurate, a G-Shock is more durable, and it's and it's actually a very you know most of them are are very are, they produce a lot of them, a lot more than most people think they do. Um, but you know the uh, Rolex watch is often because somebody wants to let the whole world know that they made it. And there's a lot of other reasons why, but a lot of it is about, you know, because I want to show it off because I want to do things. And so then what you do is you, you, this is where like a third level of psychology comes in. You say, but this person doesn't want to admit that to himself. But the sharp marketer says, this is the reason that they're doing it, but they're not going to admit it. So I'm not going to write an ad that says, get a Rolex to rub it in your friend's faces. <laughs> right. Okay. What I'm going to say is I'm going to describe and I'm going to give you excuses to buy it so that you can tell your friends why you spent so much money on that Rolex. I'll say there's 400 man hours were put into the production of that. It's a timepiece that, yes, it costs money, but it's, you know, if after a certain number of years, it's actually going to be worth more money than you paid for it. I'm going to, I'm give, what I'm really doing is giving you excuses to tell your wife and your friends why you bought it. And then I'm going to paint pictures 
that fulfill that fantasy of being able to show people you make it. I'm going to say, you know, when I first put on my Rolex, I started noticing I got better seated at better tables at restaurants. When I would cut business deals, people were less likely to try and undercut or ask me to, you know, cut my rates. Um, you know, uh, and these, these are the, you know, and so the person who's in the prospect who's thinking about buying a Rolex is going, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, this is a good reason. And I can tell my wife that. And um, they, don't have to, they don't have to consciously say to themselves, it's because I want to show people I've made it. Okay. And that's where a great marketer is really actually going to be very get over themselves. They will admit things that, you know, like my dad, one phrase that my dad always said that's, that stuck in my head and he was saying it tongue in cheek, but it's a really great example of this is he says, you know, I, I just, you know, uh, it's not enough for me to be skinny. I just love it when my friends get fat. Right. (laughs) Because the truth is, you know, he doesn't, you know, he wants to be the best looking man, best looking of his friends. Now, nobody's going to say that to the, even to themselves. They're not going to say, you know, I just want to be, you know, better looking than my friends and my brothers and stuff like that. And, you know, but when you understand that that's really is the reality of it, you can actually start painting pictures that way and say, my friends are all amazed at how good looking I am now or how much weight I've lost, you know, and that girl who wouldn't look at me twice is now asking for my phone number. And, you know, I get to say no, because I have a better offer (laughs) or whatever it is. So the first thing you you know back to the the piece of advice I'm giving you is first tune into your real true self you know um, the be- the more you can do that the bigger advantage you will have and it doesn't mean you have to be a cold callous jealous manipulative person um, you, you know have to be a realist about the reality of the situation and about your own feelings yeah and about how much you suck. You know, <laughs> I always tell, you know, people say, oh, you're so, you know, uh, you're, you know, if they, they don't say I'm arrogant, but um, they'll say I'm confident. But I, I always say I'm not arrogant. I'm just very confident that everybody sucks as much as I do. <laughs> and that's really what it is. It's about understanding that they all do. You know, I mean, you, you are a very, very flawed human being. And so am I, and so is my neighbor, and so is everybody that you look up to and everybody you look down on um, and everybody that you feel is on your level. And so that's the first thing. And then once you really kind of are in that mindset and you're, you're open to that kind of thinking, then what you want to do is as best you can put yourself into the shoes of that prospect. So the, the number one thing you need to do is shop your competition and shop yourself. You need to get, you know, if you want to sell, um, if you want to sell new telephones, you got to go buy some new telephones and you need to play with them. You need to learn them and you need to learn what's the, the hard part about it. What's the bad part about it. And you, you, you first start with that. You first start with your raw experience. Okay. And understanding that. And then after that, you try and seek out what other people's experiences are because your experience is not complete. I have a new phone that I do not program with speed dial numbers and, you know, the, and I don't take use of all the features. That doesn't mean that those features aren't providing a benefit and emotional benefit to other buyers. So after that, and I like to, you know, I don't know where the, trick exactly came from but i heard first heard it from jay abraham so i like to always credit where i heard it from um and i kind of expanded it which is you know he said 
go to, you know, just go onto like Amazon and look up the review of those phones and then look at the ones that are positive and the ones that are negative. And then, you know, th this gives you language and it lets you know into what these people are thinking. Now, ignore the obvious these people are shilling and this guy got his employee to, to write the review. <laughs> right. But, you know, try and find the ones that have a lot of emotion to them and stuff like that and look at the really good and the really bad ones. You're going to really look at all of them and see what they really like and they don't like. And um, the example I like to use for that is a dog chucking stick. You know how people have those sticks where they put a ball, a tennis ball on the stick and they flick yeah, it and it goes, yep. goes 200 yards? <laughs> Well, imagine you're going to a Yelp review and you see that, you know, one guy says, uh, oh, this thing's fantastic. I no longer feel guilty about not exercising my dog and my vet told me that he'll live longer and he needs this and he needs that. And then you go and look at the negative review and the negative reviews say, you know, oh, this thing's, you know, I hate it because it was green and I, I'm partially colorblind and I dropped it into, you know, I dropped it in where I was out in the woods and it was, you know, it took me 30 minutes to find it. Or this thing was cheap plastic and it broke. Well, then you solve that problem because remember I said it's about hooks, offers, and solutions. Right. And you say, you know, with our ball, Tucker, you know, you'll never feel guilty again. You'll, with the flick of a wrist, you'll be able to give your dog all the exercise he needs no matter how tired you've been at work. You know, helping your best friend live longer and healthier, happier life. And, you know, it's not made out of the cheap plastic that will break on you. It's a higher polymer and it's painted, you know, and it's, got, and it's painted a bright color. They even painted a bright color to make sure it's e always easy to find, you know. And so, you know, you, you, it, the, the copy practically writes itself. Now, what I would add to that is, you know, you use Yelp reviews for services. You know, use Amazon reviews for products, book reviews, and look at the, you know, and look at the reviews for competition. You know, um, you, know you, have to be, you have to be an investigator, you know. You have to be a person who goes out there and is, you know, takes, you know, like I took that, um, that piece of advice from, that I had heard from Jay Abraham. And I went and started, okay, well, this is a service. Where can I go for that? Okay, I can go to Yelp. And if I don't find it there, I'll go here. So, so you know, somebody was, you know, like when you're making, when you're creating your avatar, you know, what they say is the, the ideal picture of your customers. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, what if I don't have a list and I can't tell how old they are and, you know, what their backgrounds are or anything like that. Um, what I can do is I can go to Alexa dot com and I can look up the demographic profile of my competitors. Right. right? And that'll get start to build it. So, you know, but these aren't things that I were taught I was taught. These are things that my curiosity and my detective work. You know, my dad, I think he even mentioned it in the Boron letters, you're a detective. Mm. And you're 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 learning about people and you're learning where they are, you're learning what they care about, you're learning how much they're willing to spend for things, um, you're learning, you know, trying to understand the emotional benefits of it. And right now I'm putting together a checklist um, that it has a list of all these questions that kind of seek out what you need to seek out the answers to, to find out what makes these people tick and what it is that gets them. So, I mean, and it's not just, you know, did you go to Yelp and check out the reviews? It's like, what's the emotion that these people, the emotional benefit these people are buying? You know, if, they, if they're buying, you know, IRS or debt relief, they're buying peace of mind and the ability to sleep at night. If they're, you know, if you're buying the, 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 um, 
dog ball chucker, you're buying an easy, you know, you're buying your way out of exercise and, and, and you're buying and you're buying your way out of guilt over treating, you know, raising your dog properly and giving him the exercise that he needs, you know, you know, I, so, but anyway, you know, you create yourself a good checklist for that kind of thing. Um, eventually you'll be able to get it from me, <laughs> but you know, you create yourself like a checklist like that and start filling in the blanks. And, you know, start with creating your avatar. And, um, I, you know, I, I, I know people do this, but I recently I was listening to Lori Morgan talking about how she will find, an, you know, once she's figured out the demographics and everything, she will find a picture of somebody in Google Images that matches that description and that she'll put it up on a window and write her copy to that person, right? And it's a great tip. Uh, because, you know, I do that in my, but I just do it. I've done it before, always in my mind. I, you know, when I start off to write something, I'm thinking, okay, you know, the person in my life most likely to buy this is my wife or my mother or my brother or my friend or whatever it is. And I will imagine that person and I will start writing to them, you know? Mm. I and, love that. I love that. That's a great activity because it, I find that the, a common mistake a lot of people make is they want to have everyone be their customer. You know, they're afraid of turning business away, so they, they, they avoid being so decisive, you know, and everything. But, you, you know, just from what you're saying, that's the, that's the magic bullet is to really have a target like that and to have done the research to know that, all right, that's, you know, this is my demographic, this is the person, you know, this is their psychographics, and, you know, there's only 100,000 of them. Or they're, you know what I mean? Like, but you've got an idea of the size of the market of what people's pain points are. I love the, the point about uh, checking out the reviews and especially the differentiation between why you would use Amazon or Yelp. I've never heard anyone say that before. I've had lots of people say, go read the reviews and especially the negative reviews of similar products to what you have or the closest that you can find just to get a feel for the right direction and the language and the syntax and the pain points, but never a differentiation like that from products off Amazon and services from Yelp. Um, so that's that's really key. And I just love how you, again, you bring it down to that, that one individual, a great exercise <clears throat> that I've done with, with uh, some of my clients in their business. The business activity is the power of one exercise where you've got your one avatar, but you treat them like what if, because we talked about this again before we hit record about lifetime customer value and that once you've got someone on your list, once you've established a, a buyer, buyer-seller relationship with them, friends for a reason, friends for a season, and friends for life, you want to create in them a friend for life where the relationship is they're your friend to buy this type of knowledge from you. And so that becomes a lifetime customer value and building that out on the back end. And, and anyways, it's the, the yeah. tangent that we, so sorry, but I just, the okay. power of one where you just have that one person that you're writing to and building your business that way, because then it, it's just such a better, like building a real business. It's not this flash in the pan, like, Oh, I got 20 sales for a thousand bucks in like a week. I made 20 grand and like going off and celebrating where that's not a business, right? You come out with a product yeah. and splash and you're gone. What you're talking about is like, you've got a real person that you're going to befriend and you're going to get inside their head and you're going to try to speak to them on a one-on-one -on -one level through your marketing, which is, you know, I think that's kind of the name of the game, isn't it? Oh, you know, not only that, it, what I would do is take what Lori is doing a step further and try and, you know, if, you're, if you've got a lot of friends, actually put a picture of a real friend because 
when you're writing copy, you want it to be really personal one-on-one, you know, in, um, and you, you know, you go want to talk to them the way that you would talk to a friend. That's what causing the bond. That's how you create the bond between the two of you. You don't, you know, would you go to your friend and say, would you like to double your business overnight? You know, you, you would say no, because you would say, Hey, you know, I, I know that you're in this business and I got something really cool to tell you about. There's the difference there. And it seems subtle, but it is massive because, they feel like okay, you're talking to me on my level. You're not going to lose me, um, and you know I like you know what you say, and you obviously know me and you understand me, and you're using you know real common language, you know because it, you know you wouldn't write to your mother you know um, that way that that a lot of the schlocky or even corporate type of copywriters do. Right. And if you, you know, so if you can, you know, imagine that you're writing that letter to a very a close person, a friend or a loved one, so that, you know, you don't do that. You know, when I went through college, as I said, and, um, you know, the, I, I completely can, you know, I had to learn how to write for professors in the, the, the silly, stupid way that they write in college, which is to state a premise, you know, give three to five arguments and then sum it all up again. Well, nobody's entertained by that. You know, you're learning to write for people who are just, you know, reports for companies that want to disseminate information to a large group of people who are forced to read it. That's a very key that they're forced to read it. Yes. And so, you know, and what they'll also do is, you know, they teach you to use a thesaurus to find $5 words where I use a thesaurus to find a more simple word. (laughs) Or to use it, you know, to find an alternate word so I'm not being repetitive. And so, you know, and, you know, that's another trick I teach people is, you know, you use a tech term every once in a while to prove your expertise. But you immediately, without even ending that sentence, you immediately explain it in a way that makes the prospect go, oh, he's not only an expert, but he just he he tells me the way that I understand it. You can go, you know, the reason Neil deGrasse Tyson or Bill, Bill Nye, the science guy, are popular with the people who follow them is he's not losing them. He's not sounding like a professor in a, a, with a PhD in a university. And they make them feel safe and comfortable that I'm going to learn this from him. And, it, and he's put it in a way that I'm not going to get lost and I'm not going to feel stupid. And, you know, and people bond with that. So, yes, it's very much about being a friend to your prospect. And, it's a, you know, and as a friend, would you sell them something crappy? Would you give them a bad deal? Would you do all that? So again, it's not about being a callous, cold, calculating hustler. It's about being a friend. And the the only difference is you're doing it in a way so that you're friends to the masses, but it doesn't. But you know you can't really tell it. You're still saying you're still talking to them. One conversation. It's me to you. It's just that that letter is going out to a hundred thousand people. I love that. No, that's such such great wisdom, such great tips, and it's really, you know, it's the principle-based thing that won't change regardless of what happens with technology, because it's people that buy products, and and you know, one of the things that I've heard a lot of people kind of gripe about, at least in the info marketing circle or info marketing industry, is that you know they end up being their brand instead of having some sort of transferable entity. But part mm-hmm. of it is because it's such an easy way to build that rapport. Because people buy from other people, right? Even when you know, most people, if they get their cell phone from somewhere, they want to go back to the talk to the person they bought it from because they've got that connection, that bond, that rapport, that one-on-one relationship.
relationship. So I think it just hits on a really critical point a critical point that we all kind of need to think about because there's ways that we could all be giving our clients and customers more one-on-one individualized attention, but especially with tools today like autoresponders, which are phenomenal, being able to do that in an automated fashion and then obviously trying to set it up in a way that's evergreen so we can get results over time to tweak and improve it as time passes versus, you know, rushing to get a Black Friday sale out the door and putting all this time and energy. I'm, I'm kind of, a, and I'd, maybe you can tell me if I'm right or wrong in this, I try to stay away from special promotions like that only for the sake of, if, if you don't have like an evergreen core f- marketing funnel, sales process, onboarding process, backend offer, do you know what I mean? Like if you don't have that core trunk of your business in place, I feel like if you're going to spend time to work on a promotion for Black Friday, you're better off to just build that evergreen promotion that is the foundation of what your business will stand on versus just do the one, one and done thing. Because the one and done thing, the odds that you're going to get enough feedback to really tweak and improve it, you know, for a lot of people is slim to none because they don't have big enough lists. And then even then, like, it's done, you have to work on something else again. Now, would you agree with that? Like, I, think- I, I would agree. Well, I, I think there are no absolutes in marketing. So there might be something sure. for which, you know, for example, you know, they talk about mailing. How often you should you mail? And you want to begin the beginning mail so that you're definitely not forgettable and then mail and try and create, you know, when you have something interesting to say. But nobody wants to hear from their plumber once a week, right? right. Um, so, th- so there are no absolutes. But I agree with that very, very much to the fact that and where that starts is at the beginning when you plan it out. A lot of people, I put the boring letters on Kindle, right, mm-hmm. and added my updates to it. And when I started doing that, I knew that most people were putting out uh, a book and the book would get a lot of sales and the sales would slowly trickle off and eventually the book would be forgotten, right? Unless you happen to create the classic masterpiece that people rave about for 30 years. Well, I didn't want that situation at all. And, the, my, and so I tried to create a promotional, stand, uh, promotional system that made people buy the book ongoing evergreen i wasn't thinking i wasn't i was creating it designed for that and so while every what the, everybody else wants to do is they want to create a number one bestseller so they can go tell everybody i'm a number one bestseller and of course they're offering a free book or a dollar book and they're you know you know getting a you know just to get that number one and a snapshot of that what i did was a little different i went and i and this is another key, a tip that i'll give you for marketing in all of business you are marketing to everyone you are marketing to your assistant to do a good job you are marketing to um, the company to the guy who you want to cut a deal with to mail to his customers or and let him mail to yours you are marketing to everybody marketing is every human interaction where you want to get something out of it it's marketing period and that's why, you know, that's why my dad had this level of understanding that he kind of instilled on me that uh, I, I see a lot of people don't get. They don't understand that. So I was sitting there thinking, okay, well, how could I get Amazon to make sure that my lit, my book is always next to these classic evergreen always selling books? <laughs> and so what I did was a little different. I said, what would Amazon if I was in charge of Amazon? What would make the difference in between why I would recommend Bond's book and put it next to these? So I said, you know, obviously the first thing I want to do is see that the people are buying that book are also buying that book. And um, I tested this idea out. The very first thing I did was. Uh, oh, okay. I also knew that I wanted it to be a number one bestseller, right? And I also wanted it to be something, you know, I would, if I was Amazon, I wouldn't care about your $1 or your free book, right? <laughs> I want to make money. Right. 
So I never, I never discounted or put my book into the Kindle lending program. And I kept it at the $9 that they, you know, that's their ideal sweet spot that they kind of push you into. Um, I don't want to go into it, but, you know, if you if you pay more than nine, if you charge more than $9, you don't start getting more money until you get up to like 25 or something. But, you know, um, so I know that Kindle is going to, Amazon is going to care about that. And I knew that they would want a lot of organic, re- good reviews, and they would want to see that it was number one for a good, you know, had a good debut. So I planned my marketing strategies to promote that book, not to be, okay, we're going to do this on this date on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday we're going to do this, and on Thursday we're going to do this. I set them up so that I could hit, I could fire one off whenever I whenever the ranking slipped from number one to number two. So that way I could keep it number one for longer because I wanted to be able to say I've been number one for X number of weeks, right? And then uh, what I did was I went and told I, I collected the names of all the people buying my book, and also you know in the if you know because you're usually promoting from your own list and stuff. And I did these other tricks, like I would say, okay, we're going to throw this webinar that's interesting to people who bought this book. And if you show your receipt for this book, I will let you in, right? And so you showed, and you so you sent me your receipt, um, and that way I had your name and address, right? or your email address, right? Right. And then what I would do is say, okay, after that, what you want to now do is, um, I would throw the replay for that after the book slipped to number two again, because people would buy the book just to get into the webinar. And then what I did was I said, okay, everybody, uh, if you, I'm going to give this other great webinar, and if you want to get into it, all you have to do is show a picture on social media holding up my book and tagging my name or the boron letters down below. And then because you tag your name, I'll put you right into the list and you can get into the webinar. And I see a lot of people doing that now, but the, it was, it was, it, I, I didn't, I don't think I pioneered it. I had the thought on my own, but I don't think I'm the first. And what happened was, um, you know, and I knew this, I knew that if you're into copywriting and you're on social media, you have other people on social media that are into copywriting too. And when they wake up and they see a bunch of their friends holding up this book with big grins on their face, then they're going to feel that social pressure to want to, you know, to not miss out on this. And they're going to go buy it. Just like there are a lot of people who watch the Super Bowl who don't care about football because everybody's going to be talking about it on Monday. So that shot it up. And then when I got these names, I told them to go buy another book. I told them to go buy John Carlton's book. And so now everybody, every time, and John Carlton, uh, he even called me and he said, how did you get Amazon to make, to send the people who buy my book an email promoting your book? They didn't just put it next to people who bought this also bought that. They, they actually promoted it. And so I said, Hey, that really worked. And, And this is another tip. Marketing is about experimenting and trying this and that. And then when something works, you kind of figure out why it worked and try and replicate it. So the next thing I did is I said, I want to cement my dad's legacy with all of the top legends, not even just like guys like Dan Kennedy. I want them. I want his name next to Robert Collier and Claude Hopkins. Yeah, I want these. I want want the the all time, the, the, the going on legends. So what I did was I wrote an email to the same list of buyers and I said I called it the Holy Trinity of copywriting books. And so that was just it was such a salacious headline that spoke right to what they cared about. Then I got a 51% open rate on a massive list without that was never scrubbed or anything, right? That's awesome. And 
So they go in there and get it. And in there, I recommend the boron letters. But I also – and I pointed out – and this is a part. This is, again, back to being friends. I, sh- I shared with them where they can go get free versions. But I said, you know, I like these Kindle versions and this is why I like this one and that one. And we were also helping the Robert Collier family because I wrote the, the description for theirs in Amazon. And my brother wrote the forward for the newest version of that. And that one had several versions, right? Mm-hmm. And we tell them about scientific advertising in the Robert Collier letter books. So I'm recommending great books. I'm doing – and this is a win, 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 win situation. Oh, yeah. And now if you go look up scientific advertising or these other books, you'll also see people who bought this bought the boron letters. And on top of that, if they're buying the, the print version, they'll say, you know, if you buy this extra book, you won't have to pay for shipping. So instead of paying, you know – and so these people are looking for another book to buy, and they're thinking about copywriting, and they're thinking about marketing, and the obvious choice is right in front of their face. Yeah. And so I, t- I successfully tied my father's book. Um, well, it's our book now because I updated it, um, but we, I successfully tied the Born Letters to these classic marketing books. And the whole thing was because I started out thinking about a long run program. I didn't start off thinking about, oh, I'm going to make a bunch of money and then, you know, in two months. As a result of that, I I published that book, I don't know how long, like 18 months, maybe two years ago, or I'm not sure the exact date. I got got the biggest checks from that book last month, right? It's, it's, It's slowly increased because, and it's, it's funny because you don't, you, a lot of times people, you, they're not testing things. So, you know, one of the things I did recently, and this wasn't on purpose. Well, it wasn't manipulative, but it was. I knew it might be a side effect. My dad's birthday was coming up, and I thought, you know, we always try and commemorate this and do something special. And I always wanted a smaller version of the Boron Letters. A big version of the Boron Letters is better for writing notes in, right? Um, but I always wanted a smaller version because, like my father, I collected day bags and backpacks, and I had some smaller ones that the boron letters just didn't fit in. And so, I, you know, but it was not worth doing to print it once. And I was thinking, you know what? I would, here's an idea. I had the whole book. I reformatted the book and resized it in what I call the travel edition, right? And my dad had all these guys, including me, um, that would he would pal around with, and he called them road dogs. So I created the Born Letters Road Dog Edition, which was exactly the same book, just resized for more of a travel thing. And I had only 100 of them printed. Okay, And the point of this was I would, I would let his hardcore fans buy up the first batch. And the last batches I was saving to give away to people who have been very supportive of our family and very kind to us. And, you know, just, you know, uh, that they were rewards for being wonderful people. And I then and I found the corporate seal for the Gary Halbert letter. So I took these and I said I numbered and signed and sealed every one of these copies to certify that this was one of the these are one out of a hundred. And I ran and I said you can only get this for a week during you know out right around his birthday and you can't after that it's all gone because I don't want it to compete with the ranking of the larger size version. Right, right, right. Well, you know what people were going to do when they got that, right? They talk about it, they tell their friends, they're going to share it on social media, they're going to they're going to read it, they yeah, they're going to And they, so yeah. 
everybody all of a sudden I'm seeing people sh- sticking the you know sticking the book up on f- social media and showing the autograph and the showing the seal. They very few of them actually showed the first the front cover. <laughs> right, right, right. Because <laughs> this is a point of pride. Hey, you know, and the ones that I'm sending it to, and they really are gifts. I'm not sending it out based on this guy's got the biggest name and the biggest audience. This is really is a win, 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 win situation, and every you want to create those. And so because of that, all the sales of the boron letters, the regular edition started just going up. And, you know, because again, it was the social cloud, it was the proof in it. And, and I was, and I was really, you know, the main goal of that was to get myself a, was to get myself a travel size version of the boron letters and also to give these guys, um, because I like having books. I, I just prefer that. And, but it was to give or to reward these people also for being, you know, hardcore fans. And so I let the only the hardcore fans purchase the books, right? You know, so I didn't mail it two or three times and say, hey, get these before they last running out. I said, you know, I sent out one announcement. <laughs> I Facebooked mm-hmm. one announcement and let those people who bought it, bought it. And then it, the rest are for gifts. And so if you, if you get a Born Letters in the mail, it is something – that travel edition, it is something special. And it's something that won't come around and you know maybe ever again. But if I do ever do it again, it will only be around my dad's birthday. But again, it's because I'm treating my buyers like true friends, not fake friends or anything like that. And um, – you know, I mean, if you if if you've got one of those, you know, you, and I sent you one of those, especially if I sent you one out of the blue, you know, and you and you know that this is not some ploy. In fact, when I sent out the gift ones, the headline of the of the of the letter, and it was a very personalized letter I'd send to people was, "This is not part of a pit my book program." In fact, you can't get these anymore. <laughs> But they, you know, they still Facebooked them and showed them around and, you know, gave that was all free advertising for me. But again, plan, start planning out your promotions for the long run. You know, if you're going to get up and plan a business, you're going to plan a promotion and you have a chance to plan something that will be hot for a week. You know, here's another example. I don't do anything based on news stories, Mm. you know, because the news story is going to fade. Yeah, that was a strategy someone gave to me a long time ago for like SEO, like, oh, you just – Take a look at what the the main headline is on your local newspaper. This is when I had a brick and mortar local business, you know, and you you make your own blog article about, you know, like you basically become like your own opinion on what's happening in the city type thing and for SEO stuff. But it's it's so flash in the pan. It's so it's yeah. If you tie your book to Trump right now, he's the he's the hot guy in the news, and this you know this will probably get dated five years from now as people. Yeah. Like, but if you, you tie it, it's, yeah, you tie it to Trump, it's going to get some attention. For the next few weeks, right? Yeah. You know, um, and even if it lasts a long time, you know, the, uh, uh, I like to say that you know, the classic example of that is you know, all the, how hot um, of a topic Sarah Palin was, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but you know, imagine trying to make something out of that now, you know, it's uh, or it's trying to get traction out of it. So, it, but the point is, if I put in, if I'm going to put in twenty, forty hours or whatever into developing a campaign or a marketing program. You can put 20 or 40 hours into – and by the way, you know, you put 20 or 40 hours in, you'll test it and it'll bomb or 20 or 40 hours and you'll test it and it works. And every time one is a super massive success, it is a shock to the person who created it um, every single time. Nobody sets out to create a viral video and it goes viral. They set out to try 10 videos hoping one will go viral. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm very, I'm very sure that Frank Kern was totally blown away by the success of mass control. Yeah, My oh, yeah. dad was very blown away by the success of his, uh, his newsletter. Yeah. 
Um, we all get that way. So, but you know, if you're going to put 20 or 40 hours into testing something, put 20 or 40 hours into testing something that will last a long time. You know, you know, as a you know, because you're you're doing that anyway. Who wants to spend 20 or 40 hours and it worked and we're great for a week? Yeah, and now you got, <laughs> and it was a great Christmas promotion, but now we got to wait a whole year before you can run it again. So I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm so glad you spoke. You were very articulate on that on that case because it's something that I see happen a lot. And I've you know, and it's just heartbreaking because people have the best intentions. They're like, oh, Valentine's Day is coming. I should do something for Valentine's Day. But their businesses, they're in such feast or famine mode. It's like, no, 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 no. You want you want that seven tier, seventeen year running promotion you know like i when i was john Asraf's senior marketing director we did an evergreen marketing campaign that it's it's over a year now and he's still like i still get ads for that every single day i'm on facebook and when i left over a year ago we were doing a hundred thousand a week with that spending forty five hundred dollars a day on online pay-per-click marketing you know and that's like that's that's an evergreen campaign like forget the valentine's day forget christmas holiday unless you know unless you're a brick and mortar business that you really need that and depend on that at the same time I would look at finding some way that you can get outside of your local geography. I mean, that's what a franchise is, essentially. A franchise is a marketing headquarters, and then everyone gets an operations manual for how to run that office, you know, how to run that McDonald's location. And then they just peel and stick the phone numbers and addresses off the marketing that works and roll it nationwide. So even if you're a brick-and-mortar local business, you should still have the mentality and the foresight to be like, I want to plan something that just works when I put it in front of someone who's my ideal prospect yeah and if it's brick and mortar you want to plan a campaign that will work if you could if you open up another branch yeah, yeah. you know that's it's you know and i do I, you know i do believe you should throw christmas promotions and so forth i you know i cre- you know you should create a list of all the holidays that will be a good excuse to create promotions the other thing i do that's a little different from a lot, a lot of people do is i don't most people create a product and then they slowly start discounting it and then use it as a freemium mm. Right. I don't do that because you know what? Halbert products are worth a lot more than that. We're like the Rolls Royce. You don't get Rolls Royces cheaper, you know, next year. And uh, what we do is we and if our sense of urgency, we, you know, we literally prove to people that, you know, buy it now and the price is going up and we keep our word. And so, you know, and again, would you recommend to a friend something that you that they would buy that that you're going to cut the price in half next week? Right. No, you no. wouldn't do that to a friend. That's and right. you want you you want those people going, oh, you know, like we just wrapped up the Halbertology program, and you know, we actually had no idea how great it was going to be. We're raising the price on it, mm-hmm. and when we raise the price, everybody who got into it, what are they going to do? They're going to say, oh man, I got in at this price because yes. I was one of the founding you know founding members of it, and yeah. they're gonna they're gonna be a free advertiser for us. And, um, you know, you know, when, you know, cause you don't turn around and go, Oh man, this thing was great. I bought it for five grand and now you can get it for two grand. They don't do that because people feel like that's saying, Hey, look, I was dumb enough to buy it at the higher price. And your training and discounting is, is terrible because you train people to wait. I mean, that's the most common thing. You're at the, you're at the grocery store or something. Oh, I'll wait till they're on sale. And you can't, you can't do that. And a lot of, a lot of the people listening to this call want to be, like you said, in the Rolls Royce business, right? And you can't be doing that at all. I'm so glad. Bond, Bond, do you want to just like move in and be my roommate? Like, like <laughs> my, my, my wife might not like that. that. <laughs> Damn it. We got to go on a boys trip sometime. Like seriously, I could, 
Man. Um... Yeah, but it's, you know, even they talk about five email sequences, right? You know, if you start running the five email sequences, in fact, you don't even have to start running them. Everybody else has trained you to expect that last reminder. Every time somebody says, you know, this is your last moment to get in, I'm like, no, it's not. It's going to be three more emails, right? <laughs> um <laughs> But you train your list and you train the whole world that that's not the case. You know, for example, the people who, you know, they had the boron letters opportunity to buy the, to buy the road dog edition. You know, if they're sitting around going, oh, there are people who will email me and they say, I saw that and I, you know, and I was bummed that I didn't get a chance to jump on that, right? And then, you know, do you think that they're going to pay more or less attention the next time I send an email about something? They're going to pay more attention to, okay, wait a minute, I might have to decide to buy this right now. These guys really do limit their stuff. They really do raise their prices. They really, you know, they, they, they're honest. They mean what they say, and it's not just hype. You know, when I tell somebody attend live because, my, you know, I've got bad luck with recording, guess what? It's true. I got bad luck with recordings. <laughs> and, and the more experience they have with me, the more honest they know that I am, which, you know, brings me to another last tip that I want to give, which is, be, um, uh, you know, be, you want to be genuine more now than ever because reputation is so, you know, before in the old days of print media and when there wasn't the internet, um, people saw an ad for something and uh, if they saw the ad run day after day after day or week after week after week, they'd say, okay, well, I can wait till the next time they run this ad. And then if they didn't get used to that, they didn't see it. But you could write and say stuff and, you know, and, you know, mess these people up and not give them what they really wanted and ordered. And there was like very little ramifications for it. But I've always believed in what I call the theory of business karma, which is these things come back to you. You know, me, me, me promoting John Carlton's book without him asking me and sending him sales came back to me in spades, right? Um, and but being genuine, you know, when people, you know, when people write about me, they don't write, oh, here's this guy just trying to cash in on his dad's fame. And they don't, you know, because, you know, I'm on your podcast. I'm not pitching you my products and, and just selling you my services and things like that. I'm giving you tips. I'm giving you what your audience wants to hear. I'm giving you what you, what you're asking me for. And that's going to come back to me because, you know, people will turn around and say, that was great. That was cool. You did this and that. And, you know, regardless, and I'm not trying to get that buck today. You know, I'm not, I'm not scrambling for it. And there's nothing wrong with it. You got to ask for the sale and you got to make money. We are all, we're all adults here and you got to, you got to do business. But there's good karma in marketing and the more, you know, the reputation online and what you can do with, you know, what, what people read about you and hear about you and all that stuff is you know so prolific it's it's spread out there so much that you know um uh i think it was craig clemens that coined the phrase or at least i heard the phrase first from but i'd already known the concept which is you want to pass that google test and you know when when people you know because you know you start selling stuff for twenty five thousand dollars or something people are going to google your name i'm not spending 25 grand without somebody uh, on somebody without googling their name and finding out things about them and it's so easy you know first of all you're going to get trolls anyway right you know it, oh, yeah. The more haters you get, the more haters you get. So yeah, I you know I always tell people who talk about trolls, I'm like you know don't sweat it. Go look at Mother Teresa's Amazon book. You know, <laughs> it, it's got trolls. It's got trolls of people giving it one star reviews, and she's the you know this is a woman Mother who Teresa, risked her life. Yeah, no, it's true. Was it they say friends come and go, but uh, enemies accumulate. 
<laughs> yeah, and but you know, so you're going to get that anyway. But and it's not a reason to stop doing business and everything. But you just want you want to be genuine. You want to provide. You don't. You want to be fair, and you want to be. You know, I see all these people worrying about. Another example is I see people always worrying about refunds. Nobody likes to issue refunds. Nobody does. And there, and whenever you run a campaign, you'll see the you know the you know there will be some guy who's you know in some Eastern European country and he's you know bought your stuffs and returned it and put it on some some torrent site or something. And then, but the fact of the matter is, you, you know the guys who turned around and said, okay, I'm going to give you six months to return it did better than the people who gave a month and the people who did a year did even better. And it's for a lot of reasons, you know, one is people kind of forget that, you know, Hey, I bought this thing six months ago and I could probably return it. It's not on their, it's not on their credit card statements or anything else. And, you know, they, you know, it feels kind of strange to pick something up and return it after having it for six months and so forth. But the, but the, the security and knowing that you've got six months to return it, you know, when I shop for stuff and I'm not so sure if I want it and I'll ask what their return policy is, I, I rarely ever return anything, right? I just don't do it. But the knowledge that I have a lot of time to do it, you know, lowers my resistance and lowers my guard and is, makes it easier to make that decision to purchase. And if somebody says, you, you've only got a week to return this. I'll sit there and say, well, you know, if it's only I've only got a week, maybe I'll try and buy it another time when I've got a week to be sure I'm going to test it and see it, check out how it works. So, but the guys who first tried that, whether they were doing it as a as a very manipulative thing and understanding human psychology and the sales process and to raise their sales, they may have been doing it for that reason, but the guys who were doing it just to be better people were rewarded for it. And, you know, and you, you get paid, you know, things, I believe things come back to you and especially with this interconnected world we live in nowadays, you know, so. Totally, 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 totally. (laughs) Sorry. No, no. No, I was just saying, be good, you know, go out there and, you know, do good in the world and, you know, be right by people, you know, stand up for yourself and be, you know, be fair and everything. But, you know, I mean, for every 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 person that is, you know, sending you a refund is, um, you know, there you've got, you know, many more buyers just because you offered that refund rate. Oh, oh yeah, and I mean, you're, it's something one of the tenets that your father said before. He suppose he, you know, if you give a stronger guarantee, or you know, a full money back guarantee, stronger guarantee, you can triple your sales, but you'll double your refunds. You know, and it's at the end, you're not, you know, you're in the arithmetic game. And that's really what it is. It cost me this much money, you know, and I made this much in sales, and this is my net profit, and plus, minus, equals. Like, it's nothing that's overly complicated. And when your ego gets involved and when you get married to products versus to markets, and like you said, helping people, building relationships with people, that's when you really start to go astray. And I think that that really hits on a key, like a fundamental mistake a lot of people make where they're coming to business from their perspective and what – they want to get, I want to earn this much money and it's me, 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 like I, 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 all this. But I mean, even when you talked about what you're doing with the books about sending people these gifts, it's just really being genuine about being good to others and having and making a difference in this world and providing a real value to the community that is generating, you know, all this word of mouth buzz, right? All this, the social, getting you on the social graph and getting all this extra attention, all these fringe 
excuse me, fringe benefits. And that's really the world we live in now where you can't just, you know, rip people off and sell snake oil because uh, we're way too connected. You know, the now with the Internet, the world has a central nervous system. And, you know, I can pick up my phone and FaceTime one of my friends in Japan real time. And it's like I just opened a portal in my room and I can see them and talk face to face. And even if we talked about this 10 years ago, people would have thought that would have been magic. So I think, Bond, I've loved this interview so much because you've really hit on fundamental principles that are rooted in things that are time tested and true that have worked years and years and years. Um, you just, you've given a lot of really clear direction. And I think we spent a lot of time on this call talking about the most, one, some of the most fundamental things in business about having a long-term perspective and not just focusing on the immediate sale, but developing real relationships with people and having a long-term perspective in that. And also talk about the market research, about why it's important, the conversations to get in people's head, how to talk to them and bring the pain points out, but not in a direct way that will frighten or upset people, but in a way that actually builds rapport and helps you help you get into that that flow and when you're on you know yeah you're in flow you're vibing with them so uh this has been immensely valuable i wish i could keep you here all day my friend Um, (laughs) but i know that your time's valuable and we've i want to respect that so um in wrapping up what are you working on now what are you excited about if anyone here is as enthralled as i am and really wants to get engaged first of all we know they've got to go get a copy of the boron letters that honestly for whatever it is the 10 bucks the 20 the 30 bucks just fucking get it. Like, honestly, like, I'm sorry, but just get it. It's just, a, it's a fundamental book for your library. Um, you really need to get the Boron Letters. You've also got the Gary Halbert Letter All-Star Audio Series, which is going on, where you've got all these titans of marketing, the, like, serious heavy hitter legends with long-standing track records, reading all these famous letters from the years and years of newslet- monthly newsletters that your father wrote. And then, um, so that's the Gary Halbert Letter All-Star Audio Series. And then there's also Halbertology, H-A-L-B. B-E-R-T-O-L-O-G-Y dot com. And that's, um, is that kind of your main thing now? Like, what are you excited about? What's, what do you focus on? What do you want to tell everyone about? I, well, you know, I got a lot of stuff going on in the pipeline right now. I'm starting to come out and show people and take people who are copywriters and take finished courses and stuff. And I'm really, again, I don't have to be cliche, but I take them to the next level. But the one thing that I'm super, super proud about, you've kind of touched on, first of all, the, the Gary Halbert Letter All-Star Audio Series is what really made me happy because we reached into our Rolodex and we started using the reputation of our family and stuff. And we contacted these great, great marketers and they didn't, they, they, what they came back and provided to us was so incredible because they didn't just read the Gary Halbert letter. They added this commentaries that were so fantastic. So fantastic, yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, they, they, um, they had, you know, the varying degrees to how much they put into it depending on who they were and stuff. But, you know, when you hear Dan Kennedy and, and Gary Benzavinga, that was one of our real big pride points was he came out of retirement and did that for us. Yeah. And That's you my know, favorite I, one. That's my favorite. He's reading. He's reading my favorite letter. Turn up, but he's reading my favorite letter, and he's my favorite copywriting guru. And he just, it's just. Well, yeah. you remember when I talk about your marketing to everybody? I wanted Gary Benzavinga so bad that, w- and I, 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 wrote to him and I said, "Listen, you know, I really, really want you to do this so much that I have reserved his most popular letter for you." And he wrote back and he said, how can I, how can I turn that down? (laughs) (laughs) And 
No, and, and when you when you listen to his commentary, you're like, man, awesome. that's why this guy is head and shoulders above everybody. Oh, yeah. And then um, you know, Kennedy did that, and then recently the, in the newest version, the part three that we did, we got Clayton Makepeace, and uh, I just. Clayton Makepeace is, you know, Ben Zavink is retired, and Clayton Makepeace, he is, he is literally the guy that if, you know, if I could, my, my kids were going into copy and they wanted to learn from somebody, and I could choose anybody in the world, it would be him. I mean, the guy is just, you know, actually, I, you might have to edit that out. I don't want to offend a lot of friends, but um, he, he's just so amazing, and he reminds me so much of my dad as, as being a consummate professional that's just so into the copy and into the writing that, you know, he doesn't want to take a year off like uh, the rest of us or anything like that. But he's he's just amazing guy. And but they these guys when we did that, what happened was um, a quick story was. Well, I don't want to even take the time to tell the quick story, but what happened was I started getting these recordings back from these all-stars, and it literally started raising – I get goose pumps on my arms as I'm hearing Joe Sugarman read a Gary Halbert letter and Gary Benzavinga. And I mean I, w- I found myself like, okay, wait a minute. I got this recording. I'm not just going to listen to it. I'm going to wait till I'm in this mood, and I got everybody quiet, and I'm like all set up. I mean it was like it was like setting up a ritual to say, okay – you know, the, the way that you set up to get popcorn to watch your favorite movie and shut off all the phones type of thing. And that's the first time I've ever done that. I grew up in this business. I grew up flying around the country and attending webinar or seminars and stuff like that. It was the first time a product had ever excited me. And, you know, inspired by that, we, uh, my brother and a guy named Mark McCray started getting together because we were going to venture into ClickBank area. And they said, you know, hey, why don't we do something a little more than just sell us a few Gary Howard products while we add these live webinar components? And I said, they said, okay. And they said, Bond, what we want you to do is start inviting people to do that. And um, so I said, okay. And I invited this person. They said, yes, invited that person. I just brought in. We just recreated literally a dream team of marketers that we wanted to learn from that are the pinnacle top of their fields. And the best copywriters and all that. And the only reason I stopped inviting was because we got it full, right? <laughs> I mean, we, were, we just had this full schedule. And when we finished it, you know, these guys, everybody on the team, they're like, man, this is the best marketing program I've ever, ever seen. And I'm, you know, it's part of my new philosophy of, you know, I'm going to create stuff that is that is great forever, that's going to have value for just the longest periods of time. And is worth way more than the price of the thing. And, you know, we're like, okay, we got to raise the price on this. And we are going to raise the price on it. Um, And it wasn't part of the strategy to raise the price. It was like, wait a minute. You were giving away way too much for too little. And and to tell you the truth, the All-Star Audio Series is the exact same thing. You know, the, I've, you know, that is the best copywriting product I have ever seen put out. It's oh, yeah. not just the Gary Halbert letters. No, it's, it's Gary Halbert letters read by legendary titans who, who they're, they're reading the Gary Halbert letter. They want to, you know, it's their time to shine. So it's, yeah, they're telling you what, the, this is what this meant to me. And this is how I adapted this. And this is an example of how I use this principle in my business. And it, it, it if you've read the Gary Halbert letter, you start going, oh, wow, I didn't even think about it in this way, you know, and it's just, you know, so the thing is I was so excited and so happy with that that, you know, I'm like, we're never going to top this. And I'm working on part four now, right, inviting some more people to it. 
um, to participate, we hopefully aren't going to stop until all the letters are written in a version so that you get this you know, great content while driving in your car or going to the gym or whatever. But then we started the Albertology program and, you know, boy, we knocked it out of the park with that with content. I don't care. I wouldn't care if that thing sold another unit ever. I would, you know, I'm taking notes and I am, you know, re-going over what people are said. And every single person who's heard or been a part of it is redesigning their business in their and their all their everything based on what they're learning in that program. So it was, you know, so those are the things that I've been working on recently that have just got me, you know, if you can't tell, really, really <laughs> excited about it. Come on, Bond, tell us how you really feel. Like honestly, uh, well, you know, it's it, it, that's a, it's another it's another key to selling marketing. If you if you know if you create something just that is the best. Not only did the copyright itself, because all you got to do is tell people about it, but you have, you know, people can tell your energy and your passion for it. I promoted a lot of stuff that was my dad's and, you know, very successfully. I've promoted a lot of stuff that was other people's and very successfully. But there's, you'll never, you'll go back through other podcasts where I've explained this trick or maybe even the review trick or anything. Anywhere, look at all my any any sales letter or anything that I've ever written or products that we've sold or anything like that. You will never find the passion that I've got now for those two products. And the, you know my you know, and I love the fact that my biggest problem is deciding which of these fantastic programs to spend my effort on this week. You know, that's awesome. You know, I mean, and it, and it makes going to work a lot of fun. And and all of the you know these uh, ladies and gentlemen that have helped us with this programs and the things that we're doing. You know, they are so giving and wonderful. They don't they don't say, oh, sure, I'll do it. They say, thank you for letting me be a part of it. And we're, you know, it's like a big thank you back and forth fest. No, thank you for doing this. And thank you for just providing so much and, you know, and not, you know, pitching, but just answering every single question we have as though me and you are just sitting around in a bar talking and you know that it's all going to be kept secret. In fact, even some of the guys are like, you know, you're not going to, okay, I'll tell you, but you can't tell this to people who are outside of the program. I don't want this out there for free. (laughs) And we have to swear to them that we would. And, and, and it was just, I don't know. It's just, I could go on and on and on about it. It's the, the, the programs are the first time that I've ever not been able to encapsulate how great something is, even if you gave me a half page to write that headline, you know, it's, you know, by the time we're done with the, the next marketing plan for it is uh, because when we started it, we really, you know, like the, the sales letter that's up for it now is just it doesn't even really describe what it is we created. It really does not. You know, what we're going to end up having to do is give you, you know, try several hooks at, at the beginning and do a little sizzle reel that shows these guys going, OK, and, you know, because they're in the middle of the meeting saying things. OK, I'll share this, but don't let it get around or this is what we just discovered now and all of this in detailed info, and then it'll be like 60 pages of bullets, you know, because, you know, each, I mean, we, I don't know how many we did, but I mean, the content in there is, is, it's almost overwhelming to the point where we have to now go and explain, look, start with a little philosophy, pick one of these avenues where a lot of your clients and target, you know, prospects are, start with that. Uh, we give you the, the, not only the basics, but the really nuanced new stuff. And then branch out into the other avenues and add that, you know, build it up like a Lego house or something. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. great, great, great stuff. And I can, you know, I'm just super proud to be a part of it, you know. Bond, 
Thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm so glad that you were able to bring us into the fold and share some of your knowledge and wisdom and some of the insights into what you're doing and the lessons you've learned along the way. Um, this has been an immensely valuable hour, hour and a half for myself. Um, you've always been so open and forthcoming. I mean, we've chatted a few times. Um, so I just, yeah, I just appreciate this so much, man. So what is, what are the best ways for people to reach out to you? Where's the best sites like URLs to visit or where should we send them? Well, yeah, obviously the Gary Halbert letter.com. Um, don't forget the, the, <laughs> right. um, but I actually started, you know, doing a little bit recently on bondhalbert.com. I'm starting to build a funnel there. Um, and you know, actually the, you go there, there's a video on how to get your first job, as a professional copywriter without references, samples, or a reputation, or without pestering your friends and family, as I say. Um, but you can go and join that. And jo- if you join up on that blog, I'm working on putting together some copywriting checklists that, uh, and doing some Google Hangouts to explain those. But that's, that's a good place to follow me personally. And if you need to reach out, and you know, my, my dad, I got this from my dad. You know, my dad is always open. You talk to these guys and they're like, I couldn't believe it. I called Gary's number and he picked up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you can, re- I'm, not, I'm not that open because the, the, the audience is so huge I can't afford to be. But I will give you an email address that I check, which is bond at the GaryHalbertLetter.com. So, but you know, what, and so follow the Gary Halbert letter. We do have a side site, which is where we put a lot of more paid products because we try to preserve what my father created at the Gary Halbert letter. But, you know, now that we've proven that we're respectful of what he, what he did and his position, that everybody is now like, okay, yeah, we get that, but we want more of what you guys are doing because you're taking it into the new world and the new millennium. And, um, so what, you know, um, so we're, we, you know, until we did that, we did create a site called halbertizing.com with an S, uh, we own it both with the Z and the S, but halbertizing.com. And that's where, you know, we basically, you know, when we sell content, that's where the content is usually listed or bought. But, you know, the best places for me are bondhalbert.com and the garyhalbert.com, which my father would say are very cleverly named. Um, <laughs> Bond, that is so awesome. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, man, for coming on today and just putting it down and sharing wholeheartedly with my listeners. Um, yeah, you you and your father both are inspirations, people that I owe my education and the success that I've had. Just like you said, you know, you would attribute a lot of your success to your father. You know, Isaac Newton, if I've seen further than others, it's because I stood on the shoulders of giants. And so it's just an honor and a pleasure to be with you here today and to honor your father's memory and just and help keep his legacy alive and even just pave the way for the next generation of marketers and what that's going to bring. So thank you so much, man. And yeah, just wish you and your family all the best and, and thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, What can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. 
I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. Uh, You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.